0: With Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment. No illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become soul on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we are going to be discussing juvenile justice with two wonderful Hartley Community College emerging adults. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to some and present to others. Mr. Davis Womack, and Mr. Nicholas Womack. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. I was looking at my paper. Thank you Uh, for having me. All right. All right. Very good. Before I have you introduce yourself and check it in, you just completed your final homework assignment, and all you have left is... Your final in the class, and so, how has things gone this semester? Let's begin with you, Davis. I did really good in the beginning. I kind of, I kind of messed up a little bit towards
1: the end, I think, but I've had a lot of fun in this class, and I, it's been actually a really good class. So, oh,
0: so awesome. very good. What about you, Nick? That's okay.
2: Mine played out. Like, mine started off like strong. The class has been pretty good. I like, I like what we're learning about
0: and everything. All right, very good. So you guys are feeling pretty good. You guys are doing okay. The title of today's episode is Juvenile Justice, Segment 1. Gentlemen, Segment 1 is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students like yourself. We accomplish this by having the guests introduce themselves. So if you would, tell the audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, what you planned to major in, why you enrolled in the class, and give us one career goal. Let's begin with you, Nicholas. You're
2: fine. I, I was born, raised here in Bloomington, and I currently live in Normal right now. And I went um, to Bloomington High School for all four years. Um, I plan to like major in criminal justice because something I always been like interested in since I was like a kid. Always wanted to be like a cop or be something like, in that career field, and I chose to enroll in this class because I did it. Did the same class back in um, my junior and senior year of high school in the BACC. And I loved like everything that we did and all like they taught. And once I saw this class pop up that I could pick for it, my freshman year of college, I really wanted to do it. And I like kind of the course and like the podcast as high as a general as in general. I thought it was something like different, good to do.
0: And so you had criminal justice in high school. That's excellent. Who was your teacher? You remember
2: well, I had at Hirsch
0: and uh, Mr. Hirsch. Officer, Hirsch. Officer Hirsch? Awesome. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And so one of the things that students can do, particularly in, in Bloomington, normal areas, you could actually take the course while you're in high school to help prepare yourself for once you get to college. All right. Very good. What about you, Davis?
1: I was also born here in Bloomington, Illinois, so fellow corn lover. I'm actually still in high school. Awesome. I'm taking Keystone, and I'm doing dual enrollment. So Excellent. Um, I don't really know what I want to major in. I definitely want to do something with criminal justice. I know that much because it's just fun to me. I, I took this class basically for the same reason. I took a, uh, a criminology class at, at Keystone, and I thought this looked similar and fun. So I was like, well, why not? It'll be interesting at least. And I, I don't really have a career goal, and I just want to help somebody, you know.
0: Awesome. And so uh, tell me again, did I miss what high school you attending? Keystone. It's an online one. Oh, okay. uh, Okay.
1: Out of Pennsylvania or something. I don't remember now.
0: Okay. Awesome. Okay. Very good. All right. So you're doing dual credit? Yes, I am. All right. Excellent. And what students should know is that there is an opportunity to do dual credit. They can earn credit from Heartland Community College while they are attending high school. All right. Very good, gentlemen. Segment two, constitutional rights. What many people don't know is that juveniles didn't have due process rights until after adults. It was primarily due to a, a, a term called parents patriae, which meant that adults believed they knew what was in the best interest of minors, teenagers, so to speak, knew that they were. And would make the decisions better than juveniles would. So, we're going to discuss this fact. But before we do, what is your favorite constitutional right? Let's begin with you, Davis. It's actually a really hard question, but um, either sixth or eighth. Um, okay. Just because,
1: you know, I feel everyone deserves at least having an attorney and being able to talk to them. And then nobody wants cruel and unusual punishments. It's just not
0: not fair. <laughs> I think we should. I, don't really have an in-depth answer. but No, no, that's that's exactly right. That's good enough. I mean, our amendments, our sixth amendment says that if you cannot afford attorney, you have a right, one will be provided for you. And nobody should be over punished, right? The punishment as you go along, if you stick with criminal justice, one of the things that you'll learn in criminological theory is that the punishment should fit the crime and that an individual Shouldn't be underpunished, but they definitely shouldn't be overpunished. Very good. What about you, Nicholas?
2: Oh, my favorite constitutional right is like the, is the Eighth Amendment. I feel like no matter like what crime like you committed, like you should be like treated the same as like every other person who committed like a different crime. And you shouldn't be like overpunished or like underpunished. It should be like fit, like you know, like me be being in the middle of that.
0: Awesome, awesome, Nicholas. Which brings us to the point. Or brings us to the 1984 case, Shaw versus Martin. The Supreme Court, many would argue, took a step back because juveniles actually got the due process rights that adults got in 1967 with the N. Ray Galt case. And some would argue then a few years later, they went backwards by. Allow not allowing juveniles to bond out of jail. So let's begin. I can't remember which one I told I asked to to okay. okay okay Davis okay Davis. Just tell tell the audience a little bit that of what you know about Shaw versus Martin. So I researched best I could, but I'm not very smart. But uh, the sure, main you thing are
1: about it. Was that the um they ruled for preventative uh, detention? So basically saying. He they kept him so he wouldn't commit any further crimes because they believed he was unsafe to be out in the world. So they held him until jur- or uh, until trial, which I mean, it and like on paper, it sounds like, oh, you know, he could be unsafe, you know, let's keep him here. But then it's it kind of goes against, you know, innocent until proven guilty. And it's, it feels kind of, I don't want to say like unjust, but it definitely feels kind of like, well, you're, you're keeping that kid here. He was only. I believe it was 14. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right
0: to me for that, especially. That was the main thing I learned from it. Excellent analysis, Davis. Awesome, man. Because it is kind of likened to the Illinois new law that actually is doing away with cashless bail. And so in a sense, it's kind of funny because juveniles have, that has governed the juvenile system for years now. You know, close to forty years, and now we're getting ready to try that with adults. It actually worked has worked pretty well with juveniles, even though we may consider that to be kind of unfair. Again, parents Patriot a argues that the adults in the room know what's in best interest of the juvenile. and if they are actually going to be a threat to the community or a threat to themselves, the adults are the ones that actually can figure that out. And so thus, what we want them, what else we want the audience to know, in addition to what you said, Davis, is that, again, juveniles do not have a right to bail. In other words, if arrested, juveniles cannot pay cash bond, but remain in detention depending on whether or not they are a threat to themselves or the public. It's called immediate and urgent necessity. And so if you guys actually go on to work in the system and you actually... Uh, work with juveniles in any capacity. That's one of the terms that you're going to come very familiar with. And so what the court does when a juvenile is arrested is determine if that individual is a threat to themselves or a threat to anyone in the community. And if that's the case, the judge will actually keep them in detention and set it over for a hearing within so many days. All right. Very good. Juveniles that's do not... Scary thing. Say say that again, Davis. I was
1: just saying, I, it's definitely kind of a scarier thing, you know, because I'm like, I'm 17. I definitely know adults so that I would be,
0: <laughs> I'd because I'm still a juvenile, you know. I'd be scared if they were. But you don't have to worry about because you're not going to violate the law. But oh, no, you, but good, you're no. exact, but you're exactly right. That's what juveniles have to contend with. All right, juveniles do not have a right to a jury trial either. Could juveniles, in your opinion, have a jury of their peers? Oversee a trial. What you think, Nicholas? <laughs>
2: oh, <laughs> um, what was the question again? It's my bad.
0: McIver versus Pennsylvania, which is a 1971 case, said that juveniles do not have a right to a jury trial, and that really applies to the Sixth Amendment and Fourteenth Amendment for adults. And so, I guess it's just funny to me how. Juveniles, if they were going to have a jury trial, it would be a jury of 15, 16, <laughs> 17 year olds. Do you think that juveniles could actually be mature enough to actually do something like that? What's your thoughts on that?
2: Oh, I, d- def- definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> like they won't have like the right like
0: mindset
2: and like know like well that's going on into it.
0: Okay, all right. So what is the only type of juvenile uh trial that takes place in juvenile court, Nicholas? What do we call it?
2: I don't remember. I m- I remember reading, I don't remember.
0: So so who actually hears the case in a juvenile case? So then if they don't have jury trials, who actually listens to the evidence? The judge. All right, very good. All right, let's move on. The 1966 Kent versus United States case didn't really apply in the beginning to juveniles. A lot of people don't realize that a juvenile can be tried as an adult. Before they can be tried as an adult, there are procedures that have to be followed. Do you remember anything from your reading about that process, Davis? I just remember being shocked when I heard it. I don't remember. I can't remember now. Okay. Nicholas, you remember anything about Kent versus United States? That's all right. Yeah, all right. remember. <laughs> But a lot of people don't realize that juveniles can be tried as an adult, but before they actually can be tried as an adult, procedures have to take place in juvenile court. We call them waiver hearings. In other words, in in the Kent case, what happened was is that the minor suffered from emotional and mental uh, issues, and the court just kind of blew it off, for lack of words, and the Supreme Court came back and said that they— The court should have taken them serious and should have heard him out. And he should have actually been uh, tried in juvenile court. So our audience should know in Illinois, there are five primary factors that determine transfer age of the minor history of the minor circumstances of the offense, amenability to treatment and safety of the public. Let me review for our audience what that means. Age, the younger the minor, the more mitigating the situation. In regard to history of the minor, the history of the minor includes previous criminal or delinquent history, previous abuse or neglect history, and any mental and physical health and educational history. In regard to circumstances of the offense, one of the most important factors in the state of Illinois, minors above the age of 15 are automatically Considered for transfer to adult court if the crime committed is murder, a sex crime, robbery, burglary, arson, kidnapping or any other felony involving the use or threat of violence in regard to mean to treatment, meaning the judge will determine if the minor is treatable. In my 35 years of being a probation officer, I only had to testify in one case where the youth would are to testify whether or not the youth would benefit from treatment. And uh, this particular kid, I love this particular kid. I took him to ball games, the whole nine yards. I did a lot of stuff with him, but I had to testify to all the things that I had tried to rehabilitate him, which was a testimony against him. He ended up doing time in prison. He ended up, going to prison beginning or starting out at the juvenile facility. Then when he turned 18, he was transferred to an Illinois adult prison. Then finally, the fifth factor is safety of the public. The court also has to consider the risk the minor possesses to the community, just like at a detention hearing or when they are arrested. The history of treatment, whether he or she will cooperate with treatment, the likelihood of rehabilitation, and the appropriateness of punishment our services recommended. All right, let's move on. Segment three, being a voice for change. As emerging adults who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Davis and Nick about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? Let's begin with you, Davis.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a scary question. Um, Well, the obvious, obviously, white supremacy is bad. Let's get that out of the way. All right, Dalton. I don't want to sound like a white supremacist on a podcast. So um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I I don't really know what to say, you know, Um, it's definitely a hard topic to talk about, especially when you're, I I grew up, I grew up in a nice neighborhood, you know, I don't, I've never seen real, real too much, like real crime. Besides like, I think my grandma got her bike stolen, you know?
0: Okay. Let me ask you this, Davis. Are you familiar with Christian nationalism, anti-Semitic views, racism, and the principles and precepts of the KKK Grand Wizard, David Duke. Let me ask you, he's a big-time racist. Is that, is that the type of person you'd hang out with? No. Did you say wizard? Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, I can't say I do, no.
0: Okay. What about you, Nicholas? Um,
2: no. I remember watching, watching a movie about him, though. The one where that one um African American cop impersonated be like um a like KKK's man, that nah, that movie. As I remember watching like twice. It was like really good. Cause
0: so Sp- Spike Lee is the director. Yeah. Oh, I think Black I think- Klansman. Black Klansman. Yes, that is a that is an awesome movie. I gotta As- watch this movie. Say it again. I gotta watch this movie. I've never Oh, seen Davis, it. check it out, man! It is it is action packed. It holds your attention. You talk about some racist. Up in there, <laughs> they and in the end, Spike Lee edits in the whole "Jews will not replace us" incident that took place in Charlottesville. But yeah, David Duke is in that movie. So if I was to ask you in regard to white supremacy, is there any solutions that you think would be helpful? For people to stop hating blacks and Jews, Nicholas? Um, I felt like um kind of like teaching like teaching about it like in
2: like in school, about like basically like learning from our past and like how, how we could like do better as like a nation and like just learn about like each culture and like where they came from and how like they're each like special and unique and different, like in their own like in their own way. And like kind of like learn more about them so we can grow like more accustomed like to them.
0: Excellent, man. What about you, Davis? I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a cynic.
1: I don't see I think there'll always be bad people, and I think people are always gonna say, you know he's different. I don't like him or she's this way. I don't the only way I would see help would be the same thing. Yeah, just kind of making sure we're teaching about our past and our history in school and
0: awesome. so it sounds yeah, like both of other. you guys uh agreed that diversity, equity, and inclusion would be a good thing to be taught, okay, excellent. what about? black lives matter. Do you believe that that's important? Or do you believe that black lives matter? Beginning with you, Nicholas. Wow. As like,
2: as like, as a Latino male, like all lives sort of matter. I feel like all races should like held like on the same like bar as each other, uh, as each other. And should be like, all like treated like fairly and be like held to like the same like obligations and like held as the same to each other. Because not, not like one race is worse than the other, or like not one race is like better than the other. Because they're all like kind of like they have something like great about them and something like they like built something around. And I feel like they're all like special in their own way and it should be like treated like a, as such.
0: Awesome. Very good. What about you, Dave? Yeah, obviously Black Lives Matter. Okay. It's like kind of a no one matters less than another person. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. I asked everybody that's on the podcast, what would you like to see the Biden administration accomplish? Starting with you, Davis. I want uh, I want one purple star on the flag. That's what I want them to accomplish. One purple <laughs> star on the flag? Would you mean one purple star on the flag? Oh yeah. America's a big melting pot, right? Let's put red, blue, and
1: white together. Just one light purple star on the oh, flag. Oh, okay,
0: all right. That's so what you. I s- want to- Okay, so you' you're 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 advocating for good race relations then? yeah, okay
1: yeah, I gotta start saying that more so I can get more people to get on board with me getting a purple star in the flag. okay <laughs> in all seriousness, I really don't I don't know I'm not a huge politician uh, political person. I don't really I don't really know what I
0: would want. Okay, all right, okay all right, you young you got time to think about things, make an impact on the world. all right, what about you Nicholas? Me personally, I
2: say for them to do like something or like anything. Like all I see is like stuff like kind of like getting worse from like the gas prices like going up in price, like everything <laughs> like around us. Like there's a lot of tension <laughs> and everything. So I feel like basically anything you would do would be like better than like, what's currently like you already like established.
0: Okay, you know what? I actually have not you guys are like I said, the 54th episode, I got, we got one more podcast next week for the semester of 16 weeks. I ain't challenged nobody, but I feel like I can challenge you too a little bit. Do you really think that you got, do you really think that we can control gas prices? Well, it doesn't really uh, kind of <laughs> help that you just like, kind of like
2: getting oil from like other like, other like countries, but like, I, I, I could, I could like see it though. Okay. All I can right. see I can from your point of view.
0: Okay. All right. You did you want to weigh in on that, Davis? I got I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's too expensive, that's all I know. <laughs> okay. Something's wrong. It's, it's costing a little costing the brother a little bit more at the pump, huh? Get scared. Every time I drive by, the numbers keep going up. Like, mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Very good. What do you guys think about marijuana legalization of marijuana do you think marijuana should be legal it's already legal in Illinois do you think marijuana should be legal at the federal level starting Um, with you Nick oh go ahead Davis go ahead uh, Davis my mom might beat me but uh (laughs) um uh
1: no my mom's great she never do that uh I'm kind of torn I know a lot of people that you know smoke weed and whatnot and then they can just kind of do it and then go on with their lives. Same as like alcohol. And I know a few people that really can't, they just can't live without it. And it's definitely an addiction for
0: them. And it's a problem. So I'm really torn between it because. But what about I see both sides? But what about Davis? What about it being decriminalized? And what I mean by that is that the punishment not be what it what has been in times past.
1: I, I definitely agree that it should be a lot. It should be decriminalized because it's really, as long as you're not hurting anyone, or it's—I don't see a point in it being like a huge deal. Okay. Um. So I would say, yeah, I'd be okay with it being legal. Um. Just do it responsibly and whatnot. You Okay. Probably not around kids or while driving and stuff. Excellent. Okay,
2: Nicholas. I feel like it should. I feel like it should be legal. Um, because. Right. I, I sort of see like the like the like the poor prohibition. Like we had like the amendment where like no one could like drink alcohol or be, like in possession of alcohol. That's kind of sort of like I feel like weed is like being handled with, and I feel like alcohol is like worse like than weed. And I feel like if you have if you like legalize it, you put like the same like rules and like legalization behind it and the same like stuff behind it. like you do like alcohol like, with the age limit and like um how much you buy of it, you can, like distribute it stuff like that. I feel like. It, it would be it would be fine if it's like on the same like i feel like it should be treated the same as alcohol
0: okay okay did you want to add some add anything else davis no I, was, I agree i think it's all right free community college or free education at the junior college level the first two years of college what say davis and nicholas about that starting with you nicholas
2: in the middle. Like I like, I'm kind of like in the middle of it because like at the same time, I would like, like for it to be free. But like at some point, like the school, the actual like college needs like funding too for like classes, the equipment needs like function as a school and for like the teachers and everything. Like I feel like if you take out like I don't go there for the first two years free, I feel like kind of like it raises like the price everything around it, like the taxpayers, like money, like going into like funding the school and all that. So I'm, I'm like stuck in the middle. Okay. uh,
1: Okay. Davis. I'm about the same. It's like, you know, everybody wants to go to college for free. You know, that's probably, I don't think anyone would want to turn that down, but I definitely feel like it could have problems in the long run. College is getting less and less funding or tax going up for them. Like you said, but I really don't know either. I couldn't, I couldn't say
0: that's good or not. All right. All right. Very good. Well, I want to say that I appreciate you guys coming on the show today. You guys did an awesome job. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Important facts about juvenile justice, immediate and urgent necessity, a little bit about the juvenile transfer process, and what can be done to make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and God speed. <laughs>